This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Some interesting new research with regard to marriage, uh, and in particular, I guess, as it pertains to divorce. Now, it certainly seems as though, I mean, I don't think StatScan tracks divorce rates anymore. Uh, I mean, there's a perception that I think divorce rates are, are still quite high. Uh, my understanding is, though, I mean, that, that, that peaked in the 80s. It had been coming down, but I don't know that StatsCan still gathers that data. I mean, we do see uh, that there's less marriage in the first place, a lot of cohabitation. But you can see why there's, there's kind of a societal interest in, in marriages being sustained, and I think it's just good for everybody involved, even if there are no kids involved. Uh, their marriages work out. Divorce can be a very uh, traumatic experience. So here's the story today. A new study suggests many people contemplating divorce have a change of heart a year later. Researchers at the University of Alberta and Brigham Young University in Utah conducted an online survey of 3,000 Americans, aged 25 to 50, who have been married at least a year. One out of four of the respondents said they had thought about divorce in the last six months. The study suggests half of those considering divorce had a significant change in their feelings when they were asked again a year later. But what does that tell us about, you know, the ups and downs of a relationship? And maybe the, the importance of, of fighting to keep that relationship together. And I mean, how do you know when it's really time to, to put an end to it, to, to walk away, to realize there's, there's no fixing this? Right? It's a tough decision to make. Joining us uh, for some thoughts, one of the authors of this uh, new research, Adam Gallivan, joins us, Assistant Professor, University of Alberta, Department of Human Ecology. Dr. Gallivan, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to be with you. All right. And this is interesting. I mean, you, you've done a lot of research around the question of, of marriage and, and strong relationships. And I mean, this is kind of that other side of it. When, when things are really bad, when do you let it go? So what stands out to you about these findings? Well, a couple of things. One of the things that really kind of jumped off the page at us is just how many people have thought about divorce. You mentioned that one in four number that had had recent thoughts about divorce. But out of our 3,000 people that we surveyed, it was slightly over half that had had thoughts about divorce at some point in their marriage. But even still, um, those that had thoughts about divorce that stayed together and weren't currently having thoughts, approximately uh, 88% of them were glad that they were still married. So, I mean, that's significant, that someone would be at the point of considering divorce, considering ending a marriage altogether, and then, a year later, have a completely different perspective on things. Yeah, and so so that kind of 90%, or roughly 90% number, comes with people that hadn't recently thought about divorce. But we did also kind of dig a little deeper with those that had had thoughts more recently in the last six months, and found kind of three different types of people that were thinking about divorce. And uh, a little bit about each of those, we we labeled them soft thinkers, serious thinkers, and conflicted thinkers. So the soft thinkers were generally people that had kind of connection types of issues, so they maybe just weren't feeling as close to their partner, but they hadn't been thinking about divorce terribly long, and and um, a year later, actually, a lot of them were no longer thinking about divorce. About uh, 40% is no longer thinking about divorce. Whereas the serious thinkers, uh, again, about 45% of those that had recently thought were these serious thinkers. They had a few more serious problems, uh, such as uh, either drug issues or infidelity, those type of things. And they'd been thinking about it a lot longer. But even still, a year later, about 21% of those 
serious thinkers were no longer thinking about divorce. And then this last group, which was kind of an interesting group for us to uncover, we call them conflicted thinkers because they had a lot of these serious problems, uh, like a drug use, etc. But they also were the most hopeful about their relationship, which was really, really interesting. In the end, a year later, they had the highest divorce rates out of any of those three. But again, also 26% of that group ended up not thinking about divorce a, late, a year later. Do we understand what it was that was causing them to think about divorce in the first place? What kind of issues they're dealing with? So, like I said, kind of differentiated between those three different groups. A lot of the more serious and conflicted thinkers had some pretty significant issues, uh, infidelity, drug use, uh, physical or emotional abuse, especially the conflicted thinkers. They had a lot of those concurrently. Um, The soft thinkers were more kind of connection types of issues. And so, but, but there was a lot of kind of change over the course of the year. About half of people were in a different group a year later, a lot of them moving more towards less serious thinking. Right. And, but you, you certainly get the sense from this that, I mean, people realize the gravity of the decision, that divorce is not a decision people make on a whim. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. My, my colleague did some follow-up interviews with 30 of these people, kind of more in-depth, deep dive, and they really kind of got that idea as they were talking to them. They were saying oftentimes, you know, on a particular day, they might say, you know, I'm done. Things are horrible. And then a day or two later, they might be, oh, right, I, I think I can stick it out a little bit longer. They've been really good the last few days or whatnot. And so it's it's really kind of a dy- dynamic process that people go through to try and kind of decide at what point do I give up and and many ultimately stick it out and, and seem to do okay. Yeah, because, look, I mean, there are, there are consequences with divorce, obviously. It's it's a very difficult process. It can be a very expensive pro- process. So, I mean, there, there are all kinds of incentives that if, you, if it doesn't have to get to that point, that it's something to be avoided. Yeah, for sure. And one thing that we often have talked about as a, a team is just this idea that, you know, maybe thinking about divorce is akin to, you know, when you sprain your ankle and it hurts, it tells you you need to go to the doctor. Well, maybe when you start to have some divorce thoughts, it means that you need to pay some more attention to your relationship, whether it's seeking out help through counseling or whatnot, or it might just be as simple as, you know, maybe we need to spend some more time together, go on a date every now and again. Yeah, well, and look, I mean, you know, you talk about some of these issues people are dealing with. Some are more easily overcome than others. I mean, if they're... Uh, you know, if a couple doesn't see eye to eye on certain things, uh, right, that, that can be worked out. I mean, things like infidelity, for example, I mean, th- those can be obviously very difficult, if not impossible, to overcome in some, some situations. Yeah, certainly. The, some of the connection issues certainly are a lot easier to solve than uh, the infidelity or drug use and whatnot. It's a really interesting uh, research on, on infidelity actually suggests that a lot of people that face infidelity do stay together. It's just the cases that don't work out that you see in the media or you hear about. Interesting. So what do we take from this? I mean, what are the lessons here for, for, for couples? I think one of the key things is, you know, if you're having these thoughts, don't feel like you're not normal. It's fairly normative. About half of the people we studied said that they'd had some of these thoughts. And so, you know, Take it for what it is. You know, things are a little bit rough. Your relationship maybe needs to improve a little bit. 
uh, give it a little bit of time, barring any, you know, super negative things like abuse. And um, maybe it'll get better, and if you can try and put a little more effort into it and get some help if needed. Right. And I mean, <laughs> marriage is going to have its ups and downs, right? People shouldn't go into it thinking it's just going to be uh, wonderful forever and always. Yeah, certainly. There's some, some other research that I did last year that looked at the value of humility and just being able to uh, see somebody else's perspective and, you know, not always think about yourself it really shows to be good for relationships. And so that kind of thing could come into play here and just being humble and saying, you know what, I need to do more. Yeah, because you want, you want to maximize, you want to be able to create those, those good times, those great moments. Uh, and I guess you also got to figure out ways of, of getting through those, those tough times. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, that, I mean, because really, this gets to some of your other research. I mean, it's about, you know, having those, those foundations, what it takes to, to build a strong and lasting marriage. I mean, that seems to be kind of the, the, the thread that runs through all of this. Yeah, definitely. A lot of the research suggests just the simple fact that you are a friend to your partner. And there's often it's the mundane day-to-day things that really bring you together. And, and John Gottman, a well-known researcher, talks about kind of the responses you give on a day-to-day basis, where he calls you can either turn toward your spouse when they say something, you can turn away from them, or you can turn against them. So if, you know, you're reading the newspaper or whatever and you notice the sunset and comment about it, does your spouse say, oh, yeah, you're right, that is a beautiful sunset? Or do they say, hey, quit bothering me? Or do they just kind of ignore you? And, that, and those small things really add up over time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, fascinating stuff. Adam, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Really appreciate this. Yep, no problem. All right, take care. Uh, Adam Gallivan, assistant professor, University of Alberta in the Department of Human Ecology, uh, so co-author of this new study along with some researchers down at Brigham Young University in Utah. Uh, and so, yeah, a lot of this is based off survey results and then, then going down, you know, a few different layers to try to better understand this. Uh, the survey is called, What Are They Thinking? A National Survey of Married Individuals Who Are Thinking About Divorce. So as he said, there, there are kind of different levels of, of those thinkers, sort of soft thinkers, maybe people who come up sort of amused about it, but, but the more serious thinkers are really at that point that th- this is a real possibility here. This is something I need to strongly consider. Uh, They say that group was dealing with more intense issues, such as adultery, addiction, and abuse, and was certainly the smaller of the group. While they were the most hopeful initially, they ended up having the highest rate of divorce of the groups a year later. Not a surprise. And what's notable here, while only Americans were surveyed in this project, Galavans says he suspects similar trends would be reflected in Canada. So it's, it's interesting in that you know, people realize the, the magnitude of it and seem to be looking for ways to avoid it. If this marriage can be saved, work at saving it. And I think it speaks to what we see with some of the uh, other statistics that show us that divorce has been on the decline, that divorce rates peaked around the 1980s and have been going down since then. So I, I think that's an encouraging trend. Anyway, 403-974-8255-974-TALK. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.